Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is available for free in iTunes. Just go to the iTunes Store, type in Jazz Session, and subscribe, and you'll always have the latest episode. You can also find the most recent episode, plus every show before that, at thejazzsession.com. Don't forget, our cause of the month this month is Musicians Village. It's uh, an excellent project in New Orleans, Louisiana, that's a partnership of Habitat for Humanity, Harry Connick Jr. and Branford Marsalis, and uh, look for a series on New Orleans cultural recovery coming up in uh, the months ahead here on The Jazz Session. This is the third and final show in the 2008 Tanglewood Jazz Festival series. We heard on Monday from Eddie Daniels, on Wednesday from Joe Laurie, and today from singer, songwriter, pianist, vocalist Spencer Day. This is the title track from an EP he just released called Movie of Your Life. Come on, turn the lights down low And sit with me in second row Tonight they show the movie of your life The heartache and the tragedy A light romantic comedy You ought to see the movie of your life did you have a happy ever after Underneath the technicolor skies Did it make you sing with joy and laughter Did it ever make you want to cry And when the final frame faded did leave you satisfied Or was there too much that it lacked Did you want your money back How did you like the movie of your life Come on, let the cameras roll You wrote the lines, now we're on the show It's yours to own the movie of Life. Strange and cloudy mysteries unravel cinematically The beauty of the movie of your life But then the plot begins to twist around the poor protagonist And everyone's a villain in disguise That it's make-believe Cause in the movies No one ever dies It's just a flicker Then it's over And they never tell you why But boy, I'm really glad I came I'm hoping that you feel the same I really love the movie of your life my guest is Spencer Day, and we're actually sitting here uh, on the lawn overlooking Stockbridge Bowl. 
Uh, it's an absolutely gorgeous uh, summer day, and Spencer's just finished a set inside the Jazz Cafe at the 2008 Tanglewood Jazz Festival. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, it seemed like a very appreciative crowd this morning. How'd you feel about uh, the show at Tanglewood? Uh, it felt great. Um, yesterday got us off to such a wonderful start, and um, today was uh, was wonderful as well. Sometimes it's hard to tell dur- uh, during the day. You know, it's such a different energy, and uh, and I was really pleased with how people <laughs> responded. Well, you mentioned yesterday, and I I gotta believe that was a, a nice day for you. Tell tell folks about what you spent part of your day yesterday doing. Oh uh, well, um, I was a part of Mary McPartland's 90th birthday celebration, and uh, she let me sing two of my own compositions, and then uh, I got to sing one song with her, which was uh, incredible. Yeah, and the crowd really seemed to dig it yesterday too. It was a full house inside Ozawa Hall, and the lawn was really full. People were really a couple enjoying. thousand people at yeah. least. Gotta be. Yeah, that's great. Well, so give us the uh, the Spencer Day story here. I know you're from uh, the Southwest originally, right? Yeah, I was uh, I was born in Utah in a very small town, and uh, and grew up there, and in a very small town in Arizona. Uh, prior to moving to California in my early twenties, and I think a lot of my music sensibilities were kind of informed by being in that region so i grew up with a lot of johnny cash marty robbins patsy klein uh so there's definitely a country element to what i do now were your folks musical people or were you listening to a lot of music of different kinds growing up or, uh... well my mom sang opera and um uh my family was mormon and uh I, so i grew up with a lot of a lot of hymns around me as well so i and i think from that too uh, mainly because I think a lot of Mormons don't watch anything but G-rated movies. Um, I was exposed to a lot of either Disney movies or MGM musicals very early on. So, sure. so between uh, between the Johnny Cash and the Marty Robbins, I think that's uh, uh, where I got a lot of my musical theater inspiration from. So, yeah, my, my mom sang all the time. She's got a beautiful voice. Now, by the time in your early 20s that you decided to move to the West Coast, was that because you'd already decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is where I'm going to take my shot at it? Or were you still trying to figure out? I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just, I was just kind of wandering. And uh, I, it took, it took me quite a few years, actually. A roommate of mine heard me singing in the shower and actually suggested I go um, try to take some voice lessons. So I auditioned for California Institute of the Arts, which is in Valencia, California. And it was a very prestigious art school. And I actually got in with a pretty good scholarship. But upon getting in, realized that I didn't want to sing opera. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, the teacher there, who was wonderful, just suggested I just go out and do it on my own. So I started playing retirement homes in Palm Springs, and, and it kind of just went from there. But I'd, I'd actually owe it to the retirement gigs um, for really getting to learn about the Great American Songbook and learning those songs. That's, oh, that's where fantastic. I first learned them. When did you start playing piano? When you were young? kid as well? Or? No, um, you know, we, we all played a little bit because uh, uh, it was just around the house, but I actually didn't really formally take piano lessons until I went to Cal Arts, which was probably 21, I think. Oh, wow. So in a reasonably short time, I'm not sure how old you are now, but in a reasonably short time, you've uh, emerged as a, a singer, songwriter, accompanying yourself on the piano it seems like a a pretty rapid maturation in terms of your musicianship it, it is and i mean it's overwhelming especially yesterday when i'm with mulgrew miller and mary mcpartland <laughs> and um yeah i still don't i still really can't believe that i'm here um but uh i'm i'm very i'm very grateful for how quickly things have happened and i just want to keep growing and i think for me the more opportunities i have to be around truly great talent like that can only help it but but raise me up, you know. Yeah, I was I was impressed. Uh, Marion was asking you yesterday about kind of what genre you fit into, and you were talking about the fact that you cross a number of genres. But you said I live for moments like this, which uh, which really struck me as exactly the perfect mindset 
to be in. Have you had a lot of chances to kind of be in the presence of some of the greats like that? Um, well, not as many as, as, as yesterday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in, anytime I do, though, you know, I'm really struck by the fact that they're really, for me, they're really just as good music. And when you're at a certain level, genres and, and categories disappear. And you're really just confronted with true, honest music. And I don't care whether that's Emmylou Harris or Neil Young or or Mary McPartland. You know, you, you just know it when you hear it. And so anytime you can be around people, I've never felt a competitive vibe. I've never felt anything but amazing support. It feels like you're part of this beautiful family when you're really in that world of people who truly embody music. Something tells me that I don't belong here, my dear. Something tells me that I'll just do wrong here, my dear. Wildflowers alone, liquors, repeating lines that he's rehearsed. While all the disco daisies play the game So empty my poor heart could burst A song begins, I know the verse And so I wait for the Somewhere on the Highland Drive Help me Can't you hear me calling you Cause I'm a prisoner here in Paris Now let's talk about the, the songwriting end of, of what you do. Um, I've heard a movie of your life and uh, introducing as well and there's a, a ton of original material on those which uh, is I think in some cases indistinguishable from the standards um, will you talk a little bit about how you've kind of honed your songwriting craft and where you take your inspiration from sure um, well we were actually in the process of recording a new CD which I'm really excited about and we actually just drove up from New York we're recording some wonderful uh, gospel singers uh, for that, but you know, I that's I guess that's the thing that really makes it a fusion is it's really a hybrid of a lot of different styles. And my musical goal, if I can state that I have one, is to introduce some younger people to this great body of work, um, classic jazz and the Great American Songbook, and at the same time maybe take along some older fans who think that good music stopped being written in 1960, <laughs> right. and show them uh, how that mu music is still relevant today. And so I definitely pull a lot on the Great American Songbook, but at the same time, I'm a huge fan of Rufus Wainwright, Fiona Apple, Feist, <laughs> right. um, and, and a lot of country, too, because that's what I grew up with. So I, I really am hoping to, to kind of fuse those together and, and present something new. But I'm, I would say, utmost, I'm, I'm drawing on the greats, Cole Porter and Gershwin, I think. As far as a marriage of lyrics and melody, you can't do better than sure. those guys. I don't mean this to sound harsh, but what's the, what's the point of still playing Cole Porter in 2008. You know, some of the songs, I don't know if there is a point to, actually. You know, I, I, I'm really not into music. Just, I mean, I, I guess it's fine. 
let me retract. <laughs> I, gu- I guess it's fine um, for archival purposes if that's what you want to do that, but but certain things d- don't stay relevant, and that's what time really does is it sifts through and shows you, like a song like Love for Sale, you know, that could be just as relevant today, and that Gershwin song, Do It Again, is if you want to make it, it can be just as sexy today <laughs> as in 1920. Absolutely. And, and then there's some that I think, you know, maybe we're more of the time, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, I, th- I think the only real point of doing it is if you can identify with it and really find a way to make it relevant to what's going on now. I think that it's a, it's a different type of uh, thing when you have it kind of more as a museum piece, but I'm more interested in, in still being able to relate it to people in this year, 2008, and have it make sense. And a lot of your music is funny, too. Is that an intentional choice? You're not, you're not kind of the brooding singer-songwriter. Well, yeah, you know, when I was on a major label, um, I definitely got a lot of that, you know, the Chet Baker serious thing. But I've, I've got a pretty silly, um, sometimes very stupid <laughs> sense of humor. Um, and I'm, re- I'm really a big fan of people who, who I, I mean, and Cole Porter is very ironic, too. I'm a huge fan of Nellie Mackay as me a too. new yeah. songwriter, too. So I think um, for, for me, that, that's one thing I'm really interested in doing is taking that classic jazz aesthetic, but kind of bringing a bit of that sardonic modern irreverence to it as well and yeah. I, I love actually i'm glad you like nelly mckay too i think that she does that about as good as anyone out there I right now completely agree yeah and in fact rufus who you mentioned earlier I yeah think, is another great yeah absolutely that, so. and i think actually a lot of new singer songwriters that seems to be a trend is um is kind of taking everyday moments and kind of expounding on what's profound yeah. in those you know i want to just go back quickly you, you mentioned that you grew up mormon and i wonder how your current course of life and what you're doing with yourself is uh sitting with with your family well um i'm you know a lot of my family still practices and I, I'm, I'm really grateful for it i don't actually practice uh mormonism at the moment but i i owe so much of who i am today as a person to that um i think i think there's so many wonderful values and and a sense of i don't i mean they really they really are the people helping the little old lady across the road you know, and I, I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for all of those values. I'm grateful for how important music seems to be to the Mormon religion. It just surrounds you. You know, singing uh, hymns and and sing-alongs with the family is, is such a everyday occurrence that uh, I, I feel like music was really made a part of my life very early on, and I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of you know I, I think that they're all cool. I'm 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 I probably identify more with Buddhism than anything at the moment, but. I I'm, I'm, I think that all religions have something good to say. I hope we can just all find a way to coincide a little bit more peacefully. Can you feel it? Can you hear them say If you want fame, you're sure to find it You will define your destiny All of the world is filled with kindness All of the world is filled with peace And you see La da 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 da
consumed by the vibrations in your midtown meditation where you're free from your desire for material possessions and you feel your spirits rise so i i believe i'm right in saying that you've also written a full length uh, musical theater piece as well, right? We talked yes. about that a little? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually working on a few more at the moment too, and uh, that's one of my big dreams is to keep writing for the Broadway stage because I love it. Yeah. Can you talk about the, the works that you've already completed or the work that you've already completed? Um, yeah, I, d- I did a musical called Someday Love, which, uh, which opened to very good reviews in San Francisco, and uh, that was very loosely based on William Soroyan's The Time of Your Life. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, and uh, kind of a little bit more with the Nellie McKay <laughs> satire Dada edge to it, I guess. And um, presently working on a few uh, few musicals, which I, I'm not sure whether or not I'm at liberty to <laughs> to, to discuss. But they've actually are, are very exciting. Are you writing musicals for the government or something? That you I'm writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> um, well, yeah, they haven't they haven't approached me yet, but I'm. I, I, <laughs> That'd be a challenge, I think, right now. Yeah, I think I think it would. So, uh, talk a little bit about the particular challenges of of musical theater and writing for that, as opposed to writing for things you're just going to interpret yourself right up on stage. Well, I actually think that there's a lot of freedom that I have there too, because of the expectations which are starting to form around what I, as a as a singer songwriter. Um, should do and the type of voice that I have. I mean, occasionally I'll hear things that are either you know really funky or really country or something, and it's just not really appropriate for my voice to sing. So I think that there's a, a, a huge degree of freedom in being able to write for someone else. And actually, knowing you're writing for a specific singer is a lot of fun, too, because you can really work with their strengths. And it inspires you creatively to kind of think outside of your box musically about what you're accustomed to doing. Um, but I think it's always, you know, the marriage, especially when I'm working with a lyricist, the, the marriage of, of grafting their original concept onto the the melody is always a challenge. Um, I personally always think that the melody comes first, and most of the lyricists I work with agree with that. Um, and a lot of really great songs, if you take the lyrics apart from the song, they don't hold up as well. So I think you start with a really great melody, but the, the goal with a Broadway musical is you have to convey not only the lyrics of that particular sentiment but you in many cases that's how the song the story is moved along is through the song like you know you could have a murder happen within the course of a song and a, and a trial happen for example maybe sure. in chicago or something right. and within the song the song is actually acting as a vehicle to propel the story along so it's it's kind of an ambitious task for how you get to convey that musically and do you find that your familiarity with the the musical theater world helps you on stage when you're fronting your own group as well yeah you know i've had no experience actually singing in a musical myself um but but I, I think a lot of the conventions of that still hold true today, and I, I think that even if you're seeing a, a really avant-garde jazz set, there's still that amazing sense of opening strong and closing with a big finish that that, that you can see that the true greats all have some uh, some form of that going on. Sure. What kind of people come to your shows? What do your audiences look like? You know, I, I, I would say that was probably the biggest compliment... I received is one time when I looked out at an audience and realized there was a 90-year-old woman and there was an 18-year-old girl. 
and, who had come independent <laughs> of each other, and uh, they both were enjoying it. And for me, I think that's what I'm. One of the things I'm most proud of is how diverse the audience is that I seem to be attracting. That's great. So uh, you're on your way back to the city here and in moments uh, to work on the new record, and when can we expect to see that out? I think that is going to be released on October 9th in Asia and November 1st in the United States. Fantastic. I could be wrong. And you mentioned it has a gospel choir. and Oh, yeah. It's got, it's got all manner of things. <laughs> uh, some wonderful players from the San Francisco Symphony and uh, Turtle Island String Quartet and... Oh, wow. uh, and then some great singers here from New York, too. So we've been recording in both uh, Berkeley and uh, in New York, and I'm really excited. That's great. And then uh, are you going to be having a tour in support of the record when it comes out? Uh, yeah, we're going to Asia. We're going to Tokyo, Singapore, Bali, Jakarta in October. And then we're all up and down the East Coast and West Coast in November. So please uh, look us up. That's fantastic. And can I guess that SpencerDay.com would that be a place to do that? That is SpencerDay.com. Fantastic. Well, uh, Spencer Day is the singer, the songwriter, the musician, and I really thank you for being on the show. Thank you Wish so you the much. best of luck. Thanks, man. to apologize won't you give me five minutes though you do not owe me I know I got some nerve men like me deserve to be lonely and I think that you were right to move on with your life when your friend said forget me why should you waste your time with a guy who's selfish and petty? But please give me one more chance. Think of our romance, though I know that I'm not worthy. Say you'll see me once again, and I'll be on the last train to New Jersey Won't you tell me how you are Did you get a job Do you still live with your mother You said it's not a crime to live your life in the suburbs So insensitive was I I never heard you cry I never noticed you were packing I never could conceive Anyone would leave Manhattan But now I'll meet you anywhere can pay the fare there's no need to reimburse me say you'll see me once again and I'll be on the last train to New Jersey Quiet, are you there? Well, that was singer, songwriter, pianist Spencer Day.
from Movie of Your Life. This is the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. So happy that you were here this week to check out the music. And don't forget, you can hear every episode of the show quite simply by doing one of two things. You can either go to the iTunes store and subscribe for free. Just go to the iTunes store and type in Jazz Session and it will pop up. Or you can go to thejazzsession.com and you'll find every episode of the show right there. They're all for free. And you'll also find lots of other uh, great stuff, written interviews, live jazz news, jazz links. One of the links is to our cause of the month, which this month is Musicians Village, a project of Habitat for Humanity in New Orleans. And uh, we're going to be doing a series here on the Jazz Session about the cultural recovery of New Orleans. In the meantime, I hope that you'll click on that Musicians Village link, which you'll find on the left side of the homepage, and give them some money. I also hope you'll check out allaboutjazz.com, where you can find transcripts of many of my shows, plus interviews and reviews by dozens, if not hundreds, of other writers. It's the world's largest jazz website, and uh, it's certainly worth an extended look. Such a pleasure to be here with you. We've got just an amazing roster of artists coming up uh, in the weeks and months ahead. David Sanborn, Jack DeJanet, Satoko Fuji... Uh, the list is so long, I can't even remember them, and I don't have it in front of me. But the, the interviews are coming fast and furious now that the show is back, and uh, hopefully of higher quality than the film of that same title. So I'll see you here uh, next week. It'll just be a few days, as a matter of fact. I believe the next thing is Kenny Garrett. I uh, hope you'll check that out and uh, listen to some samples from his brand new live record recorded at the Iridium with Pharaoh Sanders. Until then, though, be sure to support live jazz wherever and whenever you can, and then come on back here next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.